0: everyone, it's 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, January 11th, 2011. That's right, folks, it's our new time slot. We are now starting at 10 o'clock, and not only that, folks, we have a great surprise. We are now one hour long, each and every Tuesday night and Thursday night. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports life and everything in between. My name is Joe, Just Business Pacino. My tag team partner is...
2: David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, better known as The Daily Grind. DG, how do our folks contact us? Well, folks, there's plenty of ways to contact us, and now that we're an hour long, you'll hear them more than once. Our call-in number, 714-364-4721. Our email address, puregoldpg at com. Our Twitter, you can follow us, PG. Our YouTube channel, Pure Gold PG. Folks, you can check us out at Facebook.com forward slash, wait for it, Pure Gold PG. That's right, folks. And, as always, Joe and I write articles for SportsRageous.com.
0: Well, folks, before we start our first hour-long show, DG, I must say, I want to do a special shout-out before we start and say thank you to that special person that decided to make us one hour long.
2: Yes, uh, this person is definitely special, special to me, of course, more than you, but we're very thankful for this show being an hour long. We had an anonymous donor folks set this up, and uh, let me just say, this person is awesome, even though they're anonymous, and I have no idea who it is. All
0: right, thanks, DG. Uh,
2: this past weekend,
0: we had the NFL had its wild card weekend, and boy, that we have pretty much we have pretty much four great games except i guess you know we have one blowout but again in the NFL when there's playoffs all four games are are always good to watch and uh you know obviously we want to start off with the biggest game here in our local hometown the uh New York Jets were able to pull off a 17 to 16 victory dg what'd you think
2: I have to say, JB, uh, I wasn't surprised. You know, my my pick last week was for the Colts. I definitely thought they'd score more points. I believe we both did. But <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, the Jets did what they had to do. They did exactly what we both agreed was the only way to beat the Colts, well, maybe not the only way, keep Peyton Manning off the field. Second half, right. three touches. I mean, he, really, he scored. The, you can't count the last time uh, at the end of the of, uh, first half when Sanchez threw that interception. The last four times that the the Colts touched the ball, they scored. If they had gotten the ball one more time, game would have been over. But the fact is, folks. Congratulations to the Jets. They whooped some butt. They took some names, and they got it done. JB. I,
0: I agree with you. I think from the get-go, if you watch if you if you watch the game from the beginning, you saw that the Indianapolis Colts had three consecutive third and ones, and the Jets defense were able to stop them each and every time. DG, I think that that set the tone for the rest of the game. You know what I'm saying?
2: I totally agree. Um, you know what? At the beginning of the game, I watched most of it. <clears throat> I actually watched most of the game when there wasn't any scoring. But, you know, the Jets kept the the Colts from advancing. For some reason, I keep wanting to say Patriots. And if I slip and say Patriots, forgive me, folks, that's the Jets' opponent this, coming, this upcoming week. But they kept paying, you know, they stopped and they stopped the Colts. They did what they had to do. But for the most part... They kept stopping, they kept stopping the first downs, which which really helped them, and you know, they just, it was an awesome game. It was the last second win, as you know, had a huge run back at the end of, by Cromartie with a minute left, and they just did what they had to do, folks. Davey, uh, let me ask you a question. What did you think about uh, Caldwell calling that infamous timeout? I mean, it hasn't been played up too much, but I've heard a couple of people talk about it. What, what's your thoughts on that?
0: I just think it made no sense at all, and um you know, like Peyton Manning's expression, if you're a Jets fan, it was priceless, uh, oh, that was DG. <laughs> it was <laughs>
2: classic. It was great.
0: It was like, what the heck did you just do? I mean, there was no reason for them to call a timeout. And granted, the Jets did have a timeout, too, to call if they needed it, but that extra timeout had, you know, gave the Jets time to regroup and basically call another pass play, and that's what Sanchez did, uh, right to Bray- Braylon Edwards for another
2: 15 yards. My understanding, uh, in that timeout that Caldwell called, the Jets were going were gonna to run the ball, but Braylon Edwards begged and pleaded and convinced Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez to, to throw a pass, and that's why they got the X-year out as if they did. JB, it doesn't even make sense. Th- this reminds me of the Herm Edwards era with the Jets where the, the bad clock management, that timeout benefited the Colts in no way, shape, or form. I don't know what Caldwell was doing. Maybe Tony Dungy called them and he, he misunderstood what Dungy said. But that that timeout was just utter nonsense, and if anything, it helped the Jets, JB. It, it really made no sense
0: to me at two and um, I thought I was the only one that was thinking that to myself when I was watching the game. I was like, hmm, that's just that just sounds like a weird timeout to be calling there, especially when you know your your team is winning and the other team is driving. Why would you call a timeout and let them regroup? But let's face it, folks, Sanchez did not have a good game the first three quarters. In fact. Even the first fourth, I mean the fourth quarter, he didn't really play that well either. That last drive is when he redeemed himself, and thanks to again what DG said, Cromartie's return, kick return, that set up the Jets in great field position. And then uh, Sanchez did make a couple good throws and did make that one big throw to Braylon to, uh, Edwards on the right sideline. And then you know obviously Nick Folk with three seconds left. You know you had your doubts though, DG. You know that kick wasn't. It wasn't like straight down the middle. You still had to hold your breath as it was going through.
2: I don't know, JB. I mean, I watched it, I watched it on a replay. I saw it, and uh, I can see what you're saying as a Jets fan, but watching it, you know, impartially as I was, or well, partial to the Colts but not a fan of either team, I, you know, I, I don't know. Unless you're thinking same old Jets, I didn't think it was that close, but, you know, it, it hooked a little bit. But the Jets did what they had to do. The Colts helped them out. Pay and Manning looked like he was about to go gangsta on uh, on Caldwell, and you know what, folks? The most important thing is the Jets got the job done. I was actually at the movies at the end. You know, imagine a sports radio host uh, missing the game, but uh, you know, I had to check this out. I was watching um, what was it with The Social Network? Awesome movie, by the way. I'll get into that later was paying more attention to the game on my phone than it was the movie, and I missed a few minutes and I'm like, wow, you know, the Colts are going to win this game, they're going to pull it out, they just scored, there's a minute left, and then when I saw turn, I was like, oh, here we go, the Jets, the, the Jets are going to do it, and they did it, and again, congratulations to you, J.B., uh, congratulations to all the Jets fans, awesome, awesome win, the fact is that the, the Jets are we're a better team than the Colts, definitely, um, Peyton by himself can't get the job done, J.B., how confident were you that they were going to win towards the end of the game? When the uh, right before the Jets got the ball, right before that monster return by Cromarty. did you think the Jets would pull it out in that last minute?
1: I think
0: based on the Jets' performance throughout the year against Detroit, against Cleveland, even against Denver uh, to an extent, I had confidence in this team, and I think Sanchez now is starting to build that confidence that he's going to need to obviously win a Super Bowl. So I I was actually quite confident that even without the Cromartie return, that Sanchez could drive them down and kick. You know, They didn't need a touchdown. They needed a field goal. So I was confident that Sanchez could actually do that for them. And he obviously did. And the Jets do move on now to face their nemesis next week, the Patriots.
2: Definitely. We're going to get into that on Thursday, folks. It should be an awesome game. I don't want to make any predictions yet because, again, that is our Thursday show. We're going to cover the games that we have left. Um, Moving on to the next game, J.B., unless you have anything else to add to the Jets. Um, You know, we had the Packers and the Eagles. Our picks were, you know, J.B. picked the Packers. I picked the Eagles. What did you think about that game, J.B.? Because I watched most of that game. It It was good. You know, there wasn't a ton of scoring. Vic didn't look too crisp, but towards the end they almost pulled it off. I blame Akers, because if you make those two field goals, game's over. Eagles win 22-21. But what what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, I'm a little curious to see, because I know we haven't
0: talked about it much this week. I think that the game was going to be extremely close, like I had told the folks last Thursday, and it was a close game. Obviously, the Packers' defense is really, 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 really good. I mean, this the, like I said, if the Packers got past the Eagles, which they did, I think this team is now headed to the Super Bowl. Although it's going to be taking the hard route by playing the Falcons this week and then eventually playing the winner of Chicago and uh, the Seattle Seahawks, which we'll get to, um, I think Green Bay's defense really stepped up in crucial situations. They contained Vic, which was the big key, because you can see that Vic has had pretty much an MVP season. This past Sunday, he looked normal. He looked human.
2: Yeah, he did. Um, You know, he made some bad throws. He he tried to, to bring them back from the brink of death. Again, like I said, Acres should have made those those kicks, and we're not having this conversation, but the Packers held on. They didn't look too great in the second half. They didn't really score, but they did what they had to do. They held the, you know, like you said, the defense played up to par and did what they had to do. It's basically just how you called it. I, I think you'd agree, though. We thought there'd be a few more points put on the board, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a high-scoring affair, and for them to win only 21-16, to 16, I am kind of shocked uh, there were a couple turnovers in, in the red zone for each team, so that might have been the reason why uh, the score was so low. But, again, the Packers with that great defense, and their offense is, you know, nothing to, uh, you know, hang your hat on. I mean, their 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 offense is pretty good, too. And their running game, I mean, there's some guys that uh, that slip my mind right now, but there's some running backs that they have on that team that could be really good in the upcoming years. So the Packers do hang on. They beat Philadelphia. And you gotta admit, DG, this uh, this does make you kind of happy, considering that the you know the Eagles knocked out your Giants out of the playoffs.
2: It does, but technically, so did the Packers. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not a fan of either team. As I said last week, I thought the Eagles might pull it out. I was wrong. I had a terrible week—one for three. You were three for one. Um, you know, everybody got the Seattle game wrong, but we'll get to that in a minute. I don't know, I just I thought it was a good game was not rooting for either team. I was actually hoping both teams would somehow lose, uh kind of like a double disqualification, you know a double count in wrestling, but you know what the you know, again congrats to the Packers, they move on to play the uh the Falcons and we'll see how that goes. but this definitely was not as clean a game as I thought it would be, and it wasn't high scoring, but then again, you know the, the next two games that we'll get into that's where all the, the scoring took place, the Eagles didn't get the job done, Vic goes home, he had a great season or MVP caliber season. You know, he, he did what he had to do, he can't do it single handedly. That last throw that ended the game though that was that that was pretty bad, JB. You gotta admit, that was uh I don't even know who he was throwing it to.
0: I know who he was throwing it to, it was just that it was well defended, he threw a little high and the cornerback intercepted it, ended the game and Aaron Rodgers is slowly but surely becoming one of the top quarterbacks in this league, you know, you have you basically have Peyton Manning, you have Tom Brady, you have Drew Brees, and right after Drew Brees, I mean, there's yeah, there's a decline in quarterbacks, but Aaron Rodgers is slowly becoming one of the best quarterbacks in this league.
2: He definitely is, and uh, it, it goes to show you that the Packers made a great choice in getting rid of uh, you know old uh, <clears throat> old faithful, old Yeller, whatever you want to call him, Brett Favre. Um, you know he's on the decline. His career is basically over. Hopefully he'll retire finally. But Rogers, you know they they had let Favre go so that Rogers can step up and he's been he's done a great job. It's always nice to see, uh, you know from my perspective, it's always nice to see a, a player really fulfill the hype that, that's placed on him, fulfill the expectations. When you're uh, you know you're, you're, you're you know, first round draft pick for a team, when you're a quarterback, and there's so there've been so many flops over the years that you know like a Ryan Leaf. It's nice to see a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, do what he what he needs to do and step up to the plate. So, again, we congratulate the Packers and all their, their cheese loving fans in in Wisconsin. I spoke to my brother who lives out there and he told me he you know, he was happy the Eagles went down, but uh, I'm sure he's not rooting for the Packers this week. The next game, folks, and this was you know, JB and I both got this one right. This is my one correct pick: the Ravens absolutely annihilate. The Chiefs thirty to seven. JB, it didn't even seem like the Chiefs showed up for this game. What in the world happened to Matt Castle and the Kansas City Chiefs?
0: Well, you hit on it, DG. Uh, the Chiefs usually a great home team with a great crowd. Just really, uh, just really blew that one. I mean, what could you say? They they did take a seven to three lead early in the game, and you thought that the game would be close, but then Matt Castle just unraveled throughout the day. He had a 20 quarterback rating. I mean, a 20 quarterback rating is like something like me and you would do in the NFL. Dg, he had five ints. <laughs> and it, it was just, it was just a brutal game all around for the Chiefs and the the Ravens didn't even need to worry about the turnover battle. They basically just, you know, every time they, every time uh, Matt Castle threw an interception, the Chiefs, I mean, the Ravens turned that into points. And you know, 30 to seven, the score could have been 60 to seven the way the Chiefs were playing. Uh, the Ravens showed their defense is, is back. It's not as good as it was in 2000, but they were able to beat the Chiefs like the UDG predicted.
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, we thought Again, we thought it would be a close game, folks. This was the blowout that none of us predicted. Uh, you know, we predicted that the Saints would blow out the, the Seahawks, but that, again, we're getting to that next. But um, I don't know what happened to the Chiefs. It just... It's just terrible. They have the longest losing streak in playoff history. I believe it was seven in a row that they've lost to the Chiefs. They haven't won a game in in years in the playoffs. And, you know, the Ravens have the playoff experience, which really helped them. And maybe Castle just unraveled under the pressure. But, again, congrats to Baltimore as they move on. uh, The Chiefs are one and done. Moving to the last game, folks, we have the Seattle Seahawks, who shocked the universe. They shocked the planet. They shocked themselves. They shocked everybody. They upset the Saints 41-36, to and I watched quite a bit of this game, JB. I couldn't believe my eyes when I was watching this game. I was absolutely stunned, just like you were, I'm sure.
0: When when you look at the stats, as you and I are great big uh, stat fans, we love to look at stats, when you look at the stats and you see that Drew Brees threw for four touchdowns and threw no interceptions, I mean, anybody you know that knows anything about the NFL would say that, you know the Saints cruise and win that game, but no, the Super Bowl champions' defense didn't show up this weekend. And then, you know, you had the fast and loose Seahawks at seven and nine, playing at home in front of a great crowd. They were able to withstand all the offense that the Saints brought, and they brought their own offense on Saturday and were able to overcome. Which uh, to me is probably one of the biggest upsets ever, DG, in NFL history, in NFL playoff history, to beat the Super Bowl champions. Granted, at home. But they were seven to nineteen.
2: Definitely, again, this is a game that we predicted. You you predicted a thirty-five to ten blowout, and I went up to you forty-five to ten. And you know what? Almost hit it right on the head with a number of points, but for the wrong team, forty-one to thirty-six. What impressed me, JB, and will really hit me. Uh, there was a point in the game where the the Seahawks were winning thirty-four to twenty-seven, and the the line of scrimmage—I forget me it was at the three or the four. But the the Saints were right there. They were literally on the verge of getting a touchdown to tie the game. And the every time Brees would pass the ball, you know, he, he threw it to the receiver. It, it was like slow motion. He caught the ball. He's at the two-yard line. He turns around, and then it looked like five guys just swarmed him and just p- pulled him into the ground, causing him to not get that. That was the third down, I believe, causing him to uh, forcing them to uh, kick a field goal and not tie the game and still be down by 4. That was one of the turning points to me, but the fact is it seemed in the in the last quarter every time that uh Drew Brees would make a pass and a receiver would catch it, he would get bombarded by at least four or five Seahawks at the same time and literally there was no positive yards and there was no yards after catch. It was just catch, spin and get pummeled into the ground, JB. I have to admit I was impressed by the swarming defense that the uh that the Seahawks were able to to obliterate what we thought, what everybody thought, would be a, a Saints cruise to the victory, you know, Drew Brees just not get the job done, JB.
0: Well, let's face it, when the, um, the the Saints settle for field goal to make it thirty-four to thirty, and then that next possession, the Seattle Seahawks hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. Let's just say that. Oh, what a think- run,
2: JB! What a run!
0: I know. I, I gotta say, it's one of the best runs I've ever seen. Not only for the playoffs, but just one of the best runs I've ever seen in an NFL game. I counted about seven tackles the guy broke, and it was just one of the runs that you had to rewind and watch it again and again. What do you think, DG? Seven? it was
2: like seventeen. I was literally stunned. I'm watching it with my wife, and you know, my wife doesn't. Uh, again, I say this all the time, but she's not a big sports fan. And she was just amazed. She's watching this guy bob and weave and stick and move. It looked like a like a you know, prize fight. He was just mushing people, he was he practically drop kicked a couple of guys and he was getting nailed and he just stood up. I've never seen a guy break those types of tackles. He looked like he was going down at least two or three times and somehow he stayed up and he just kept flying forward and I have to admit I've never seen a right you know, I've been a lifelong NFL fan like you but J.B., I've never seen a run like that. Marshawn Lynch, that was amazing. All I can say is that was absolutely amazing.
0: That was probably the final nail in the Saints coffin. And obviously, the uh, what's interesting to note is that the, the Saints and the Indianapolis Colts were both in the Super Bowl last year, as we know the Saints won. And both teams were knocked out of the, the playoffs in the first round, which is very interesting to note. But I think that three people made a nice paycheck for themselves. I think Matt Hasselbeck, with that game last week, has now renewed his, you know, his uh, career and could potentially get a new contract with either the Seahawks or another team. I think Marshawn Wrench now could get a new contract after that run. And I think Pete Carroll, the newly coach for the Seattle Seahawks, I think Pete Carroll now looks like a genius by being the Super Bowl champions. DG,
2: definitely Pete. Carol had a great coach, a great career as a college coach, and that was amazing. You know, as he said, it is amazing to think about that the the two teams in the Super Bowl are done. It just goes to show you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. It's just one of those things. Any given day, it wasn't a fun. You know, we're not talking any given Sunday because we had Saturday and Sunday games. Uh, but the fact is that any given day, anybody can win. You just don't know. We can talk sports all day long. You know, the guys on. ESPN and the other stations, they can talk sports, but you just don't know when push comes to shove, what is going to happen, JB?
0: You know what's great now? Next week sets up a great, you know, another four great games for NFL Divisional Round Playoffs. Um, But the the funny thing is that, you know, you have the number one seed, the Atlanta Falcons, playing against the sixth seed, the Green Bay Packers. And it's funny because, again, when you win your division, you get one of the top four seeds. So Chicago as a two-seed, I feel has lucked out by playing Seattle instead of playing Chicago, uh, playing Green Bay. So it's interesting how, like, you know, you want to go for that one seed all year long, and now when you get the one seed, look who you have to play. You have to play the Green Bay Packers, who, is real, uh, who they're really hot right now. They're playing great defense, and, uh, you know, Seattle goes to play Chicago. So I think Chicago lucked out on that one.
2: Definitely we think they lucked out, but JB, the way that the Seahawks play on Sunday, you know, who's to say they're not gonna go in there and, and beat the the Bears? You just don't know. But we have a call online, folks. Let's take that before we move on to the next part of our show. Welcome, you are live and on the air with pure gold. Who's this?
1: This is the one true Green Blood. How you doing tonight, gentlemen? <laughs> hey Green Blood.
2: Good sir, how are you?
1: Is everybody warm and safe in this snowstorm raging out there once again here in the wilds of New Jersey?
0: <laughs> you gotta you know, love
1: it. <laughs> so let's talk about some of these games. I just want to make a few a few comments. It's the the, the thing about that Chiefs game because I'm stepping up. I called that the uh, that the Ravens were going to play old defense that they were going to get beat. But let me say this. Did you guys hear some of the sports reporting that apparently there was a little bit of a blowup? I lost you guys for a little bit on the internet before, so I don't know if you guys talked about this. There was a little bit of a blowup between Haley and Charlie Weiss after that first quarter, and then at the half, Haley took over the play calling away from Charlie Weiss. And if you notice, that's when they completely fell apart. So I don't know what Ted says about Todd Haley and his ability to call an offense, but it wasn't good. It definitely wasn't good.
2: I definitely didn't hear about that. Did you hear about that, JB?
1: I didn't hear about that either. Maybe because
0: I wasn't, you know, I was watching the game. But usually at halftime, I tend to my family duty, so I did not hear all that info. So it's always good to have Green Blood call in and give us that kind of info. Uh, Green Blood, what did you think about the main game? Obviously, uh, tell me um, how the, how you thought the Jets played offensively and defensively.
1: I have to say, I was nervous in that first half. Sanchez, uh, the, those high drifting passes, I'm starting to wonder if maybe there isn't really something wrong with that shoulder that they're just kind of playing down. I mean, he made some great throws, but he made some pretty bad throws as well. So I'm a little concerned about that shoulder. But the way I see it, the way all the pundits have been, everybody's been talking about this week, the best offense is a good, or the best defense was a good offense. You kept Peyton Manning off the field. They gave him two possessions in the second half. I mean, you go out there and run the ball for nine minutes and then score a touchdown. I mean, <laughs> that's the best offense, the best defense I can think of. You want to do the same thing against Tom Brady? Keep him off the field; he can't hurt you. That's the yeah. way I see it.
0: And I also mentioned that um, the the defense made a great um, you know they made a great first impression when they stopped the Colts. The first three sets of downs, uh, the, the first three series on third and one, you know, the Jets defense stepped up each and every time on third and one and stopped Peyton Manning from uh, getting a first down.
1: I think it was like four out of six on third down for the for the whole game. I mean, come on, oh, that's that's outstanding.
0: Yeah, I mean that uh, that oh, was outstanding. That. Yeah, and I I I also mentioned uh, earlier in the show that Sanchez basically had a bad game all around, except for the fourth quarter on that last drive. And Cromartie obviously helped set up that field goal. But, you know, Sanchez, you know, with the experience that he's been gaining through Cleveland, through the Detroit game, and through the Denver game to an extent, I think this is the progression that we're looking forward to, you know, his second year and hopefully delivering, you know, what our ultimate goal is, a Super Bowl victory.
1: I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And for, you know, all the haters out there, and I let me just say, I am the worst kind of football fan because I am the biggest hater. For the haters out there, Rex Ryan has now won more playoff games than any other coach in Jets history. Can the talk finally Eddie? stop?
2: <laughs> well, what do you think about this, Greenblood? You know, I was listening to the fans today, and they were talking about it. Um, when the Giants went to the Super Bowl in 2000 and they lost, I remember how horrible that Super Bowl was. But Jim Fossil hasn't been able to get another head coaching job. Now, I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen to Rex Ryan, but if the Jets don't win it all, if the Jets don't go all the way, as a fan, how do you take that? Yeah, there's a lot of talk. Yeah, you won some games. But isn't the goal ultimately to win it all? They went to the AFC Championship last year and lost. If they go to, let's say, the Super Bowl and lose, would you be happy with that?
1: I'm not going to say I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be dissatisfied. You know what I mean? But let me say this. Peter King once wrote, that the benchmark of success is your appearances in the playoffs. I mean,
0: yeah, that that does say a lot, right there. Uh, being I a don't really like Peter F- King all that much, but <laughs> Peter King or Peter King?
2: <laughs> Wait, which it? From Peter Andrew? King or Peter King? Oh, who, who Peter are King. Peter King. <laughs> is that the protection <laughs> against uh,
0: animal abuse? Peter King or Peter King? <laughs> wow, well, anyway. that's, uh,
2: that's a good one, JB. Uh, okay.
0: What about the Let's other do, uh, two? What about the What about the NFC games? I mean, you had the uh, the Saints, the Super Bowl champions, being upset by the Seattle Seahawks. Were you surprised?
1: i uh, stunned, stunned. But I have to say, that was probably I, I haven't enjoyed a football game that much, and I can't even remember how long. I I can't even remember how long. I am the worst kind of fan because I am the biggest hater. And all the media attention and how, oh, I'm just so sick of Drew Brees. I'm so sick of the Saints. I'm sick of hearing about how they lifted the city and all this other nonsense. Enough. Enough (laughs) already. Please, please stop it. We've all had enough. I was (laughs) thrilled to see them get beaten so badly. I was out of my seat, jumping up and down like it was the jet game, watching Marshawn Lynch put nine guys on the ground. How great was that run? (laughs) So happy he's out of the division.
0: (laughs) I think uh, Marshawn Lynch now has... I think he's pretty much revived his career with that one run and I think, you know, if if Seattle doesn't resign him, I think that, you know, some other team with that run one run will probably give him a big pretty big contract.
1: And if nothing else it's gonna get him a second look. And just like you were saying before about Matt Hasselbeck, not only do I think that he uh uh earned himself a little bit more of a contract, I think he saved his job altogether. Yeah. And how funny
0: is it that now Green Bay goes to play Atlanta? You know, you you strive for the one seed this, you know, ever, for the whole year, and you you end up with Green Bay as the sixth seed when Seattle. I, I know that they played well, but I, I don't see them having a shot against Chicago. Uh, you, yeah. you think that's pretty ironic that you know the two seed gets the worst team as opposed to the one
1: seed. I, I you know. There's all this talk about all the reseeding and everything. But then you see a 7 and nineteen go out there and spank the, the defending champions. All bets are off. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's impossible that the, that the Saints can't go out and beat the Bears. It's highly unlikely. It's highly improbable. But I, w- I can't wait to see what the line is. I can't wait to see what Vegas has to say about this thing because you know they took a beating. Yep. And then you
0: had
2: the one last game, maybe- obviously. Go ahead. No, sorry, J.B., I was going to say, you keep saying how you, you can't see. I, I don't get your train of thought, and uh, Green, but I'd like to listen to your take on this. If you say that there's no way that they're going to win, they literally just prove it. They beat the defending Super Bowl champions, and, you know, they outplayed Drew Brees. So how can you say that they're not going to play an inferior team in the Bears? Because, quite frankly, the Bears aren't as good as the as the Saints. They could they could go out there and win 41 to 10 for all you know, J.B. Come they on. They
1: certainly could they certainly could, but I think the Bears are way too physical for them. The Saints are not a physical team. They're a, they're a speed team. I think that the Bears are just going to out-muscle them.
0: Yeah, I think the Seahawks matched up well against the Saints, but now when you you yeah. play the tough and physical team of the Chicago Bears, in Chicago, granted, remember, the Seahawks, the Seahawks were at home for this last playoff game last week. Now they go to travel to Chicago. I, I just don't see, you know, Seattle's playing with house money now. Granted, they're going to play fast and loose again, but I don't think they're going to get the job done, but That's, you know, obviously we're going to break down those games on Thursday. Uh, Green Broad, finally, one last thought on um, the Green Bay Packer-Eagle game.
1: That didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I I really didn't. I thought that Green Bay was going to come out, they were going to attack Michael Vick, and they were going to get burned. And it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. I think Deshaun Jackson getting hurt was, A minor factor. I don't think it was as big a deal. See, where I live, I get both New York and Philly radio, and the Philly radio has been blowing up about it. I really don't think that the Deshaun Jackson injury was as big a deal as they're making it out to be. When the guy came back in the game, he seemed okay. Not great, but okay. But, I mean, they couldn't get anything done in the backfield anyway, so (laughs) Green Bay looks good. Defense looks good. If Clay Matthews isn't, like, the defensive player of the year, then it's almost as big a crime as uh, Daryl Rivas not getting it last year.
0: I agree with you, and I think that now that they've gotten past Philadelphia, I think this team makes a run and makes it all the way to the Super Bowl now. This Green Bay team is as good as they thought before the season started. Even though they're the sixth seed, I think they make a good run and they make it to the Super Bowl now. Agreed. First NFC team to come from the
1: sixth
0: seed. Good. Good. Greenblood, are you going to be available on Thursday when we break down the four divisional games?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so wacko. I'm punching out. I have taken up enough of your time on this show. I'm going to listen to myself.
2: Thanks, Greenblood. All, right.
1: All right, good night. Take guys. care.
2: Have a good one. You too. Folks, that was Green Blood calling in once again. He called in last week, giving us his take. Folks, said, J.B., I don't know, we gotta, we gotta see about this. Uh, that was a great call, just like the last one. We may have to, we may have to get him on here on a regular basis and just give us his take on football and and all other things. Because uh, I have to say that was, uh, that was our call, PG call of the week.
0: <laughs> I definitely uh, love uh, Green Blood's take. You know, you know he might be a biased Jeff fan like I am, but we do break down the games. As unbiasedly as we can, and uh, yeah, I think we have Greenblood on for the next couple weeks. But the NFL season, sadly enough, comes to an end in about three weeks. But uh, you know, anytime Greenblood wants to call in, we'll definitely ta- we'll definitely take his call.
2: Definitely, I'm just curious what his what his real name is, because Greenblood that's a strange uh, moniker. But anyway, folks, uh, moving on to a couple other things here, we have some PG Nuggets. JB, I'm going to give you the honor since you are older. Go first, sir. Well,
0: I'll give you the first nugget of the night, uh, folks. I, I know this sounds like it's out of the left field or anything like that, but uh, I just want to let you know that Brock Lesnar, Mr. WWE Champion back in 2002, who decided to leave for the Ultimate Fighting Championship because he felt that wrestling wasn't his gig anymore, uh, he's now the biggest draw since Mike Tyson in pay-per-view history. And that that says a lot because I remember I remember Mike Tyson being huge when I was a kid you know in pay-per-view buys but now Brock Lesnar has passed them up UFC is at at its peak and DG I think now UFC will probably replaces boxing in terms of fan sport you know in, especially in pay-per-view
2: Yeah definitely um I you know I didn't even know that I don't know where you get information JB but I'm sure it's a credible source uh it's not your daughter telling you crazy things to say but I have no. to admit I'm not a fan of Brock Lesnar you know it and I know that you're not either but what he's done in the UFC has been impressive, and, you know, we'll see where it goes from here, but uh, with all the rumblings about him possibly doing WrestleMania with Vince, where do you think that goes? If we can side note that for a second, he, he you know he's a huge pay-per-view draw, but what about the WWE? Is Vince going to want him on? And if he gets him on WrestleMania, you think that's going to affect the WrestleMania buys?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to affect the WrestleMania buys. I mean, I'm intrigued with Brock Lesnar. When I think of Brock Lesnar, I think of power, I mean, he's got the Goldberg build, so um, you know this WrestleMania has more of a WCW feel to it, obviously because they're in Atlanta. But you know, if, if yeah. Brock Lesnar, could, if Brock Lesnar could come into WWE right now, I'd say you know, sign me up. I'm watching. Definitely, that should be interesting. What other nuggets do you have for us there? Uh, well, the NFL. Just you know, I read about this uh, just recent, um, just earlier tonight that the NFL. It might hit us a major snag in the 18-game format. I mean, we've all been hearing about this throughout the year and throughout the last couple years that the NFL wants to get rid of two preseason games and add two games to the regular season, make an 18-game format, and basically end the NFL season on President's Day weekend, which would be the Super Bowl. But the NFL union is now fighting against, obviously, the NFL itself, the owners, because they might have hit a major snag in terms of the insurance on how they want to play you know, basically uh, 18 games without these guys being insured fully. So it's 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 kind of a major snag. I don't know where they're going to go with this. But, you know, DG, do you like the 18-game format if it does pass, or do you prefer the
2: 16-game? I prefer 16 games, JB. Um, I'm a fan of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, it would make the, the preseason games more important because, you know, the preseason games are meaningless. But I don't know. You see these teams dragging sometimes at the end of a 16-game schedule. I can't imagine – We're going into an 18-game schedule, you know, hypothetically speaking, and it's going to be any better in terms of injuries and people taking time off and, you know, perfect seasons and whatnot. I don't really see how it helps, J.B. That's just my opinion, though. Uh, That's all All I can say. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, you know, uh, to me, you can never have enough of the NFL. So uh, I'm definitely in in support of the 18-game season, having two bye weeks throughout the year, and then obviously ending the the season uh, with the Super Bowl on President's Day weekend so people could have Monday off. Obviously, people that work in retail like myself won't have Monday off, but, you know, the rest of the, the country that wants off could per, per, pretty much take that day off because, again, it's Presence Day on Monday. So that's the nuggets I got for you, D.G. D.B., hey,
2: you work in retail? I thought you worked in radio. Uh, I must be confused. Sorry. <laughs> uh, retail radio. It's, it's retail radio. Good stuff. Good stuff. You talk about uh, food and, uh, you know, healthy eating and stuff like that. I like that. I like that. we gotta we got to have you on the show one time, JB. Um, My nuggets, I have quite a few of them Normally JB is the one who uh, Handles this part, but I had a couple Things on my mind that I wanted to mention First of all, JB, did you see the Auburn game, the BCS uh, championship game, Auburn winning 22 to 19? Did you ever get a chance to see that game-winning, amazing play? Well, what well, set up the, the game-winning field goal by Michael Dyer? That run where he was tackled, hit the he hit the ground, but he was on top of another player. Hit, neither of his knees ever hit. Then he kind of spun around like a, like a weird wrestling move, got up and ran. And eventually, you know, he he was brought down, but that set up the game-winning field goal. Did you see it, JB? Tell me you saw it. Tell me and tell the PG audience that you saw it.
0: Folks, I did not see it. I did see it on a replay that you told me about, obviously on the Internet. Uh, But uh, those games start way too late for me, and when you're a family man and have two sick ladies at home to take care of for, I'm sorry, I cannot stay up until midnight or quarter one to watch a game that has so many commercials and has a you know a stoppage in play after every first down. So DG, I saw the play. It was great. I did not see the game live. I'm sorry. I apologize. Auburn did win. yippee okay. let us move on.
2: <laughs> that reminds me of Die Hard. Well, JB, I didn't see the game live either. So I don't know what you went on that mini rant. But um, I saw the play, and I just wanted to see if you had seen it. It was an amazing play. Next nugget, folks, the MLB playoffs and replay will stay as is for the 2011 season. Uh, there were some discussions about expanding the playoffs, you know, adding wild cards and whatnot, and also for the scope of instant replay. But they're going to leave it exactly as it is, and that's not going to happen, or the discussions will resume again in full force for the until the 2012 season. JB, any thoughts on that?
0: Well, I, I think that, you know, when you have a, a union as strong as a you know, the Players Association for MLB, you're going to have those kind of like, you know, you're going to basically progression happens very slowly in Major League Baseball. And, you know, although I am a fan of adding another team into the playoffs because the season's so long, I could see why they're going to wait an extra year. Um, are you a fan of an extra team into the playoffs
2: as well? Honestly, I don't know. I guess I go back to the same thing: if any broke, don't fix it. I mean, this isn't the original playoff format for baseball, but it is what it is, and this is what you and I have mostly grown up with in our time. But having an extra team is good because it gets another team, another city interested. Kind of like the one-game playoffs that the Mets had with the Reds back in the day when Al Leiter pitched that awesome, uh, you know, five-nothing game uh, back. I forget what year it was, folks. Uh, you know, me, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, ninety-nine. But, that's exciting, you know, as a fan. But I don't know. I, I kind of like things the way that they are. But we'll see what happens. I'm pretty sure this will probably come to pass. A lot of people have talked about it, but you know, we'll see where that goes. Um, if we step aside, <coughs> excuse me. If we can step aside from sports for a second, this show is about sports, sports entertainment, and everything else. JB's tagline to open up is always uh, sports and life as we see it. But for the most part, we just talk sports. I'd like to touch on a couple of things, JB. Um, This is a a big TV season for us, for me in particular. Um, Our favorite show, Smallville, is starting again soon, Friday, January 28th. It looks like it's going to be a great end to this classic show. Um, I've always been a fan, well, since the second season, you, since since day one. But do you have any thoughts for the pure gold listening audience, any Smallville fans out there or TV fans in general? What do you think is going to happen to end up this show?
0: Um you know, I'm going to give you some thoughts on Smallville myself. I have been watching since day one. I've always been intrigued by this show. Um, ten years, they're finally ending the show. And i got to tell you, it, it to me, it loses its, its momentum. Every time they go into the Christmas break, it seems like they've been gone forever. And finally, they resume on January 28th, like DG said, on the WB, Channel 11, uh, Friday nights. EW. So I, EW. Yep. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway. I'm not promoting this this show. I'm just talking about Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the thing that I, I I must say is that you know the the series is coming to an end, which is bittersweet. As DJ, I'm sure is going to go on a rant after I talk about this. But my biggest thing about Smallville about ending the show is you need to get oh, Michael Rosenbaum. You need to get Michael Rosenbaum back as Lex Luger, Lex Luthor, <laughs> Lex Luger. Do you believe I just said Lex Luger? That's a good one. <laughs> the package, Michael Rosenbaum. You need to get Lex Luthor back, Michael Rosenbaum back on the show, and I think that Tom Welling has to beg, plead to get this guy back. I don't think you can end the series without him.
2: I agree. You know, I totally agree with that. What I think he should do is call Lex Luger and have him go after Lex Luthor, because the fact is, and I was talking to a friend about this today, Rosenbaum has done nothing with his career. I don't know if he's doing Sorority Girls 2 or Sorority Boys or whatever crap movies he's made. But he's doing nothing with his career. He needs to be on the show. They've got Lionel to come back. They've gotten Martha to come back. They even got the father who's been dead for five years to come back. If you can work that kind of magic, please. And they're doing stuff with their careers. Do something. Bring Michael Rosenbaum. Bring Lex Luthor. Bring Lex Luger. Bring everybody. Bring them all back, folks. Because this show... Cannot go out without a bang, unless Lex is in Clark's life once again. I know that Tom Welling has tried to get him on the show for whatever reason. Uh, Mike just doesn't want to be there. I don't know; only he knows. But we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. I don't think Lana's coming back either. But we'll see what what they do, where they go when the the break they come off break. And to finish off on that for a second, JB, I agree with you with the break. I think the problem is they do like twelve episodes in a row. And then they take this long six-week break, and it seems like every week there's a Smallville episode, and then all of a sudden it's gone for like two months.
0: Yeah, I mean, the break really kills it, I think. I mean, I'm a big fan, obviously, so I can't wait for the next episode. But I think that there's just too much of a big break. And I think that, you know, uh, isn't it a great stat? I think you have the stat, DG. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm usually wrong about these stats. Smallville has been on every night of the week. Is that correct?
2: I believe that it has, um, except except for maybe Monday. I'm not sure, but at some point I remember it was on a Tuesday, it was on Thursday, it was on Wednesday. I think I thought I thought Wednesday was the Wednesday or Thursday was the best night. It's been on pretty much every night of the week except for Monday. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's never been on that show on that that night. But uh, you know we'll have to look into that. Fitz, do us a favor and check that out. Thanks, Fitz is our producer, folks. Um, aside from that. Another topic I'd like to mention, uh, another show that I'd like to mention, actually, because this week on NBC, we're going to have two of my favorite shows, one of which is also a show that Joe likes. The Office is coming back and Parks and Recreation, a show that I got into recently because of Netflix, because I can literally, like, barrel through the entire show. It's similar to The Office with the whole mockumentary style, hilarious show. Uh, Looking forward to that coming back. JB, have you been keeping up with The Office this, this season?
0: No, I haven't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> of course not, folks. <laughs> Moving right along.
1: Wait, I mentioned earlier.
2: D J, wait. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Uh, I did DVR the Cape. Uh, did you
0: Did you watch it?
2: No, I haven't watched it. Tell. Give me your thoughts on that because I've heard it's terrible, and then I heard it's good from a comic book fan. So I'd like to know your take on that. It, to
0: me, I haven't watched the first two episodes yet. I, you know, it's it's Tuesday night. The show premiered Sunday night, and I uh, went to bed right after the NFL playoff games. But uh, to me, it looks like a cheap you know, Batman wannabe that puts on a cape and a mask and pretends to be a cheap Batman. I, I don't know what the show's really about until I watch it, but I was just wondering if you had watched it, that's all.
2: <laughs> I love how you bring it up. You haven't even watched the show. You're just knocking it because you love Batman. And then you tell me, uh, D.G., have you watched it? Well, I haven't watched it either, but it looks like it sucks. Thanks for your thoughts on that, JP. When you you get a chance to watch it, please let us know, because I'd love to hear your actual take on it.
0: Oh, Oh, I will. I will.
2: I appreciate that. And uh, two more nuggets before we move on to wrestling. Um, The social network, I saw it. Instead of watching the Jets game, I don't even know why I'm admitting this to you all, but you know what? This is real, this is live, and this is pure gold, folks. Um, great movie, I was really impressed with it, it makes the founder of uh, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, seem like a complete and total douche, but aside from that, it was a very interesting, entertaining movie, uh, they went back and forth with his legal cases where he was sued by his best friend for kicking him off of the Facebook, you know, team and ownership, and then also by two guys, the Winkle, Moss, something or other, twins, who, um, you know, gave him what turned out to be the idea for Facebook, so it was really interesting. And one last note before we move on to wrestling, folks. I've been meaning to talk about this for weeks, JB. I know you're not much of a video game person having a wife and kid and all that other fun stuff. But Transformers War for Cybertron is an absolutely awesome game for all, all those of you, uh, you know, video game fanatics out there. This game, it's amazing. Graphics are intense. The action is, is hot. Um, My only complaint, the absolute only complaint that I have is it's a little bit dark sometimes. Maybe it's my TV. I'm not sure, but... Um it's a little hard to follow a little bit sometimes kind of sort of maybe but the story is amazing the, the plot everything you know it's actually been officially recognized as Transformers canon which for a comic book cartoon nerd such as myself that's huge the story is so great these people took such care of the Transformers that they made this video game and it is amazing JB did you watch Transformers growing up cuz this game absolutely takes the cake
0: I think that last nugget just we have basically lost all the callers and all the listeners because uh, that nugget was just <laughs> pure crap. Uh, my wife got me a Nintendo. I gotta say though, as a as a side, because I don't want to even talk about that, is that my wife did get me the Nintendo Wii. So I'm excited about that. I mean, I can't wait. To, I haven't hooked it up yet. I got it on Christmas. So I gotta tell you, it's still in the box. But the the fact that I could download some NES, Nintendo Entertainment System classic games onto the Wii. That gets me moist, DG. It gets me real moist.
2: Uh, I'm not even going to comment on that crap, folks. You're talking about pure crap. That was a big old moose turd. Folks, it's been two weeks. This man got the wee, hasn't done anything with it. You know what? This sounds exactly like the cape. Let's move on, folks, before we lose the rest of you, whoever's listening. Um, moving on to TNA, folks, please. i got to wash the taste out of my mouth. Bad taste. Um, Mr. Anderson. Ken Anderson, formerly Mr. Kennedy of the WWE, is the new TNA world champion. Um, Jeff Hardy is expected to face in jail time, so they took the belt off of him. My question for you, JB, and I'm happy because I like Anderson. Wish he was still in the WWE, but Randy Orton's a tool, so that's why he's gone. Why in the world, if they knew that all this legal stuff was coming, if they knew that Jeff might face jail time, why did they put that crappy belt, the crappy-looking belt, on him in the first place?
0: Well let's just face it the tna does not do any you know forward thinking they uh... they're all about now 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 so obviously they knew that this might happen eventually but they had to give it to uh... jeff hardy and make him this immortal character that they you know i don't know where they come up with these ideas i, I don't you know i'm gonna call you out right now pure gold is calling out eric bischoff eric bischoff if you want to come on this show and talk about what the hell you're doing to TNA and how you're taking it down, I will talk for an hour with me and DG, and we will get to the bottom of this because, Eric Bischoff, you are taking this company down. You're taking it down to Chinatown.
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I heard I heard Eric Bischoff on another show. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Um, He was on another show, I forget what it's called right now, Michael Barton or something like that, and he met this guy and called him and just basically berated him for 20 minutes. It was a great call listening to uh, Eric Bischoff, but what he said was that he's not a part of the TNA creative, so he doesn't make these types of decisions. I'm not going to call the man a liar because obviously he knows what he does, we don't know what he does, but he did such a good job with WCW for the most part up until the end. I don't know what's going on with TNA, and I don't know why, you know, with all the wrestling guys they have there, it's so terrible. But, um, again, happy that Anderson is a new champion. and gives him something. If he comes back to WWE like Christian, unfortunately, they'll probably bury him and put the women's title on him or something because uh, you know how they feel about the former TNA world champions coming back to the company. Um, Another side note, AJ Styles, Mr. TNA himself, is injured. He'll be out for about six weeks or so. He has um, problems with his hip a hip flexor and a hip labrum tear or something like that. I'm not really sure, but he's going to be out for a while. Um, again, that's Mr. TNA right there, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. Moving on, folks, one more thing before we get into the WWE, we're not raw recap. Matt Hardy made his TNA debut and he beat RVD, Sunday's Genesis pay-per-view. I like Matt Hardy, but my question for you, JB, and for the listening audience is does anybody really care?
0: You want the honest truth?
2: I think I know what the honest truth coming from you is. But, yeah, give give it to us, JB. Give it to us, pure gold style.
0: I don't care. I mean, it's plain and simple. I don't care. Matt Hardy, that fat bum. Uh, Basically, (laughs) his career has basically been, uh, you know, one big failure after another. And the fact that he came to TNA, made his debut on a pay-per-view and beat RVD, that just says it all about TNA. Eric Bischoff, if you're listening, we want you on pure gold. We want to break it down.
2: We definitely want to break it down because TNA is a broken-down wreck. Um, That's actually the first time we've really covered TNA in any type of depth. But uh, moving on to the WWE, folks, if you did not watch Raw last night, huge news. JB and I are going to uh, touch on this. Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid himself, the icon, the main event, folks, the heartbreaker. HBK is the first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2011. JB, give us your thoughts. Break it down.
0: I have, I'm have. i not going to argue with everything you just said. I think he might go down as the best entertainer, best all-around wrestler, and it'd be great to do a show on just wrestlers who have it all. You know, Mike's skill, wrestling skill, charisma. Shawn Michaels has it all, obviously. The one thing I must say is why... After one year of you know being retired, why is he being inducted so fast? When there's so many other guys, you know, in the you know many years ago in the '80s and '70s, why is Shawn Michaels being inducted already one year later?
2: Um, that's a good question, JB, and I'm actually curious myself to see why uh, the why they're putting him in. It's, it's only been a year because WrestleMania makes marks a year, but what bothers me, I guess, is that. You know, there's a couple other big names. Supposedly, there's three big names that they're going to induct this year. This is a WCW-themed uh, uh, WrestleMania. Why is Shawn Michaels being inducted this year specifically? What's the rush? Um, from my understanding, the reason they named Shawn first, because normally they don't really name the big name at the beginning, but it's to get people interested to go out to the Hall of Fame and to you know get some tickets and maybe some ratings. not really sure. Obviously, HBK is super popular. But it doesn't make any sense to me, because if it's a WCW-themed Hall of Fame, why aren't they talking about... Sting, why aren't they talking about uh, Goldberg, Lex Luger, uh, somebody? Why HBK, JB? Can you tell us?
0: I really can't. And, um, you know, Shawn Michaels, again, for all he is, I agree, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I just don't understand why this year. Um, He did show up on Raw as a surprise. Um, Do you you like the fact that he didn't talk at all and and just gave some sweet shit music to an up-and-coming Del Rio?
2: Um, I like the fact that he showed up. I like the fact that he gave a little sweet chin music to Del Rio because, like you said, he's up and coming and the WWE thinks highly of him, it seems. But to have Sean go all the way out there, not talk on the mic, kind of feel jip because who knows how many times he's ever going to appear in Raw again. It was great to have him there and it gives a nice rub to Del Rio. But uh, I don't know. I would have preferred to have him talk. Next topic, folks the Nexus members were initiated into the group by uh, CM Punk and the rest. JB, any thoughts on that? Can you tell me why they need
0: to be initiated when, you know, they're obviously loyal to CM Punk now. They turned on way better. Um, Is CM Punk now playing head games? Is he really the leader of Nexus? I
2: mean, what's going on with that? Unless it's going to turn out that Hornswog is the leader of Nexus, it seems like CM Punk is the official leader now. Um, Anything Punk does is gold, pure gold, folks. He's an awesome in-ring talent. He's great on the mic, and he's a he's a good leader for this group. But I don't know, I don't know why they decided to do this. I don't know why they had to be reinitiated because they're all already in the group anyway. But we'll see where that goes. Um, um, Dg. Dg. Moving on to yes sir. Dg. Who who inducts? Uh, by the way, who
0: inducts Shawn Michaels at the Hall of Fame ceremony? Is it Triple H or is it Jose Lothario?
2: I think it has to be Triple H. It would be great if it was Jose Lothario. But I think uh, it's got to be Trips, you know, his best friend, DX, all that other stuff, great feud. It's got to be Trips, in my opinion. Okay. I'm curious to see who inducts. Yeah. I'm curious to see who inducts Arn Anderson whenever he gets into the Hall of Fame, you know, this year. But we'll have a lot more Hall of Fame discussion with with, uh, baseball and the WWE coming up soon, folks, because every week they're going to be announcing new members. Um, I noticed that Ted DiBiase lost last night. I'm curious to see whatever happened to him and why he's been on such a huge losing streak. Uh, He was at WrestleMania with Orton and and Rose, and you would think that he would have been the one getting pushed, and they were talking about his big face turn, which never materialized, but we'll see where that goes, and I'm I'm curious as to why DiBiase is being buried. Speaking of being buried, JB, can you explain to me why Sheamus lost again to John Morrison? What in the world are they doing with him? it seems like he never wins. He won the King of the Ring, and now he's gone to the toilet. Most guys get a push after the King of the Ring, but Sheamus seems to be getting buried. Explain that to me, JB. I
0: was going to ask you, who won the King of the Ring this year?
2: <laughs> I think it was uh, William Regal. I, I, JB, how does this happen? This guy wins the King of the Ring. It's supposed to be a big thing. They brought it back. He's lost almost. I think he's lost every match he's been in since the King of the Ring.
0: That's pretty bad. Uh, if they're trying to set up a Triple H versus Sheamus feud, they're doing a pretty bad job of it because, you know, like Sheamus came and beat John Morrison, and John Morrison has gotten the upper hand the last couple of matches. So uh, you're right, it makes no sense how a, a king of the ring, you know, pretty much is guaranteed a number one contender and a title shot, uh, keeps losing to, you know, people like John Morrison. I, I give a lot of respect to John Morrison but if you're going to have the king of the ring lose to John Morrison every time, you're, you're sending so many mixed messages. It's, it's it's mind-boggling. I mean, my head spins. It
2: definitely is mind-boggling. and don't understand it. Morrison's getting pushed. They should have just given him the king of the ring, so he could have had about ten wins in a row against uh, against Seamus. But all things aside, folks, that is our Raw recap. Um, before I, I close out the show, JB, do you have any scores for us? Any Any scores that you can update us with? Well, I mean, there's the NHL that's going on right now, but just some
0: uh, NBA updates as of right now. Uh, Indiana Pacers were able to beat the 76ers. Washington beat Sacramento. The Denver Nuggets are killing the Phoenix Suns by 22. Lakers just got underway. The San Antonio Spurs beat the Timberwolves. And because of snow and bad weather, the Milwaukee and Atlanta Hawks game has been postponed to a later date.
2: JB, we thank you for that. Um, one final note before we close out this show. Kevin Knight of the IWF will be joining us on Tuesday, January 25th. Folks, Kevin Knight is excited. We are excited. It's going to be a great interview. We're going to talk to him. I've had a chance to talk to him a little bit, get a feel for him, uh, his sports allegiances and stuff, and some, some interesting thoughts that he shared with me on the WWE and TMA. That's going to be a great interview. You definitely do not want to miss that. We're also in the process of getting another uh, former – You know, former 1-1 player Mr. Keith Elias Who played for uh, He played for the New York Giants He played for the Indianapolis Colts And he also was in the XFL Interestingly enough We're trying to get him on We're trying to finalize the date So that should be uh, Good stuff as we get Mr. Elias on Folks, our contact information As we leave you for the evening The call-in number 714-364-4721 Our email address is PureGoldPG at Yahoo.com PureGoldPG is our Twitter Follow us there our YouTube channel, Pure Gold PG, and our Facebook folks, Pure Gold PG. As always, Joe and I write for sportsrages.com. It's gonna be some good stuff there, folks, some good articles you can check us out. Once again, it's that time, folks. Remember to tune in this Thursday night at ten p.m. our new start time, folks. Ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next show. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold, reminding you to always keep it T G. Good night, everyone.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom?